fade in. You're listening to Let's Bogart. Please welcome your host, Daniel Williston. It's me, it's just me. Welcome, buds. You're listening to Let's Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll camera and roll joints and curate a pairing experience, both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. <laughs> you like that? I tried to mess around with it a little bit. No, it's dumb. I'm going to go back to the other way next time. But uh, here we are. <laughs> We're dealing with where we've dug ourselves right now. I'm trying not to... Uh, often when I'm recording these, I'll go back if I don't like something. I'm trying not to do that as much. Because uh, right now is the thing, right? It's in the present. That's why we're doing conversations on the podcast. We want to just hear what people have to say in the moment about things. About and what things? Oh, what things? Talk about movies and cannabis. My two favorite things. Somebody asked me uh, reason, uh, uh, yesterday, actually. Well, oh, where where did you get the idea for your podcast? And I said, well, I like, I'm an actor, I like movies, and I like cannabis, and they're the two things that I know the most about. And it was a quick conversation, but I wish I had said, I've been thinking about it since then, and what I wish I had said was that both cannabis and movies give me a lens through which I can uh, relate to people. I have an easy time relating to people when it's through the... Uh, yeah, through the lens of talking about a movie. I can talk about what I actually, what I really feel about life if it's got something to bounce off of that the other person also knows. Having that common denominator of having both experienced the thing, the, both the movie and the cannabis, allows us to have, I don't know, bigger, uh, bigger life questions talked about? I don't know. Is that a thing that's a part of the podcast, or is that a thing that I hope is a part of the podcast. Well, it, either way, it doesn't matter. But it can, uh, it can absolutely be a part of my mission going forward. So that's what I'm going to be doing. So I'm so excited for this episode, you guys. Uh, buds, I'm still doing it. Six months on. Guys is really stuck in my lexicon. Buds. Buds is better anyways. Buds feels friendlier. Because guys are like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, you're getting in trouble. Buds is like, hey, you're never like, hey, well, that's not true. Hey, buddy. Hey, that, but that's buddy. If you're like, buds, you're not like, <laughs> buds, you're getting in trouble. Hey, buds, put it down. No one says that to a group of people. So anyways, I'm, yeah, I'm so, I'm already whew, so off topic. It's fine. This episode is going to be so great. I am excited to talk about it. We uh, got to smoke Revive by Cove, our first thing from Cove on here. Uh, they're a great LP. I, I, I like Cove a lot. They, uh, Revive is their sativa hybrid. Um, it is sativa, but, uh, 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 you know, it's, it's not... 
I don't know. It, uh, was it an energizing one? It, yeah, there was energy to it, but it was also calming as well. Like, it, it, it was... It, if I had to... If I had to, yeah, describe it, I would, I would, I would say it closer to a like a middle of the road hybrid than it is even a sativa. But it, I, it's still really great. I enjoyed it. They call it revive trademark. There's a TM beside it. So all you other LPs who wanted to name your strains revive can't do it now. Revive has been trademarked. Uh, but it's yeah, it was a great flower. I really enjoyed smoking it. I really enjoyed uh, the effects of it. It was it was it was a ton of fun, and we got to watch 2002's National Lampoon's Van Wilder. It was yeah, released in 2002. It was rated R by the MPAA, 14A by the Canadian Classification System. It's an hour and 32 minutes long. It has got an 18% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes and on Metacritic at 26%. So, uh, was not loved by critics, but launched the career of Canadian Ryan Reynolds. And he's fantastic at it. I don't know, the, the movie, it's, it's a hard, well, it, we, we, we do it in conversation, so, you know what, instead of getting into it right now by myself, why don't we tell you about who we have on the podcast to talk about this, <laughs> this, uh, this really special movie, <laughs> uh, but I also get to smoke this really great uh, strain, and what an amazing experience to get to talk to this person. So, uh, Daniel, without further ado, can you tell us who we have on the podcast today? My next guest is a Toronto stand-up comedian. She performed in the Sheetop Festival, has been published on CBC Comedy, can be heard on Sirius XM's Canada Laughs, and is open for headlining acts such as Kurt Broneler, Jackie Cashian, Aparna Nancherla, Todd Glass, Chris Gethard, Baron Vaughn, among others. When she's not making folks laugh, she is a bud tender at Superette, where she helps the people of Toronto get the weed that they need. She is the host of the Love is Everywhere podcast, where Tracy chats with comedians about life, comedy, and the science of happiness, challenging herself and others to try and find self-improvement theories and practices. It's a whole bunch of great conversation, a whole bunch of funny, which is actually a great way of describing her. Please welcome to the show, Tracy Hamilton. Tracy, how are you today? I am great, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to have you. I, I, I We've been working together at, at Superette for a while now, but the amount of shifts that we've had together has been not many. There's been very little overlap. Very yeah, little overlap. Because of the lockdown, it's sure. really been just the supervisors and then a couple of the bud tenders. That's right. And uh, so we just haven't had uh, very much time on the floor together, no. which is a great tragedy because I love working with you. So I much. love working with you too. It's yeah, it's just been a lot of high fiving as we watch each other leave and come. Exactly. <laughs> so Tracy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, we want to know what do you what do you remember about your first experience with cannabis? Oh yeah. Okay. First time that I ever smoked was with my brother. Uh-huh. We, uh, I, I bought it from a girl in one of my classes who was like more of like a bad girl kind of feel. And I remember being so nervous to ask her. <laughs> uh, and 
<laughs> but I worked up the courage. I did it. She gave it to me in a little tin foil ball. Um, and then me and my brother were like, we don't know what to do with this. Like, how do we? <laughs> you just have so the we cannabis went, and you don't know. Yeah, we just had it. But like, <laughs> usually when you're trying it for the first time, it's like passed to you from somebody sure, else. Yeah. Or like you're in a group with other people who have tried it. But this was just me and my brother trying to figure it out. <laughs> so we bought some papers and rolled like the crappiest joint ever. <laughs> and uh, we snuck in to this these townhouses that were under construction mm-hmm. in our town. <laughs> so we snuck into this thing. It's all just like they haven't even put up the walls really yet. It's just kind of beams and, and stuff. And we just sat in this under construction abandoned house, smoking this terrible joint and laughed for a really long time. <laughs> that sounds like a great time. Did you, did you feel, uh, some people say that they didn't feel the effects the first time. Did you, did you feel them right away? It's hard for me to know if we were like if there was a, just a psychosomatic kind of effect sure. to it. Like you're doing something right? you've never done before and it's exciting. Yeah, and, yeah. and we were just like being silly sure, because sure. we were kids and like we think we're supposed to. <laughs> sure. Uh, so it's it's hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Is there a, 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 when did you move from? having just like tried it a couple of times to to using more regularly uh that would have been much much later like yeah. that first time trying it would have been i don't know grade nine oh I think. okay yeah, so yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. 14 yeah, something yeah. like that <laughs> uh but then it wasn't until i was maybe 19 20 sure. that i started using it more regularly mm-hmm. Um, and that I fig- begun to figure out how to use it medicinally and begin the trial and error process of figuring that out. Sure. And yeah, you're a you're a big CBD user, right? I am. Yeah. I have been using CBD oil for for a couple of years now regularly, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I've just started. Uh, like I've I've been smoking weed for a long time and a lot of it, but I haven't really delved into the CBD strains, and I'm just now starting to do that. They're excellent. Oh, they're so fantastic. They're so good. And like, cause what for me when I was smoking the most, I I was smoking always to get high. And so what people had told me about CBD is, well, it doesn't have THC in it, so you're not going to get really high or anything. Mm-hmm. But what does happen is it feel for me it feels like I, I'm settling down like I'm able to like yes. relax in a way that I don't necessarily yeah. get with a it has a stronger kind of calming effect yeah and definitely more of a body feeling yeah so yeah and, and so do you primarily use CBD strains like smoking it or do you use oils or, or uh I use oils a little bit as well, and um, I have, like, CBD vape pens for when I'm, like, on the go out in the world, but CBD flower is where it's at for me. Yeah. Something with, uh, like, around 5% THC and, like, 10 to 12 CBD, that's perfect. Nice. Because I use it for, predominantly for pain. Sure. Uh, I have chronic illness, and I have pain through the whole day. It's always worse in the morning mm-hmm. when I first woken up, mm-hmm. but it's constant and all the time. Yeah. So the difficulty for me with using cannabis to treat pain stuff was like, I don't want to be stoned all the time. Right. Of course. Right. Like I got shit to do. need to be able, I've got shit to do. <laughs> and like, I need to be like functional in the world. And especially cause when I smoke, 
my communication skills really shut down. Sure. It may, it's a really it really messes with whatever mechanism is in charge of getting my thoughts out of my mouth. And I imagine as a stand-up comic that really presents exactly. a challenge. Yeah. So it, until I figured out the CBD flower stuff, mm. it was sort of like I can't really treat my pain on a day when I have a stand-up show. Sure. And that's awful. And I, when it, I was performing like five nights a week, that's like most of the week I can't treat my pain stuff yeah, because awful. I have a show later on. And even if I were to consume something in the morning, mm-hmm. I'll still feel those communication effects long after it's worn off. Sure. So finding these CBD strains is perfect because my I, I don't feel like a high from them really. No. Maybe sometimes a mild amount if I smoke like enough of sure. it. Um, but it's mild enough that I don't feel the like psychoactive effects. I don't have the communication shut down, but I do have the physical relief. Right. And I find that the those kind of one to two ratio THC to CBD strains mm-hmm. for me have been the most effective for pain. That that has a stronger effect on my pain than if I'm smoking something that's really high in THC. Sure. And do you uh, do you have a favorite strain for that on the market right now that you uh, uh, that you mm-hmm. use and enjoy? Yeah, there's two that I really like. I really like the Mango Haze from Color uh-huh. uh, or Weed MD if you're buying on the medical sure. side, and Dance Hall. Dance, Dance Hall. Hall is like number one, uh, and that's from Spinach if you're buying on the rec market, yeah. and it's from Peace Naturals if you're buying on the medicinal market. Nice, but that one's great. Mango Haze is. Mango haze is excellent, but it's not as dependable for uh, the getting shit done aspect. Sure. Because it, it most of the time it's like it's very very mild for sure, yeah. but it is still a haze. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you might still get a little bit of the cloudiness. Yeah, yeah. But dance hall is so accurately named. It's just kind of like it's a a pure sativa CBD strain, which most of them are hybrids. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mango haze and uh, dance hall are the two that I found that are pure sativa but the dance hall is more on the sativa and it's a little more of that energizing kind of feeling for me at least and uh it doesn't have the communication shut down i'm not foggy i can still go about my business if anything it's like something that's complementary to my cup of coffee in the morning oh, you know that's nice. yeah and uh it super effective pain relief all oh, so both of those smell amazing yeah they smell so good dance hall smells like pineapples cool and mango haze smells like mangoes so much like mangoes. Yeah, so kind of a sweet, a sweeter, fruity kind of. Yeah, it's that like it, it's not even mango. It's like mango juice. Okay, okay. Right, that kind of yeah. like thick mango smell. Yeah. So tasty. I love those like tropical terpene profiles. Yeah. That's where it's at for me. I've been I've been hauling on the um, uh, general admission five ten that we got the tropical mm-hmm. Girl Scout cookies and How is oh, that? it's lovely lovely yeah it's a really great sativa high and it's it's high thc percentage too it's, mm-hmm. it's really effective i don't need to use a lot of it to to get to where i'm going and the truck yeah i always got to warn people about that with the five tens that you can really easily overdo it just because it's so easy and they're so potent it's almost like nothing's going in or coming out exactly you're like, oh i can do this yeah, forever you're like, oh, okay <laughs> And then you're like, oh no, I went way too far. That is the truth, because when you have a joint or something, you go outside, and then it's it it's uh, uh, like a finite amount of time, right? You know, once yeah. you get to the filter, you're done. So you go in and go yeah. about your time. When you have, I find that when for me, when again, anyway, when I'm 
hauling on a 510 and I'm just around, like I'm sitting watching a movie and I'm just hauling on. Mm-hmm. I don't know when to stop it or when I'm going to stop it. So I, yeah, when I do, there is no timeline. Sure. Yeah. And the thing doesn't automatically shut off or anything. So I just end up like setting my battery down to be like, oh, I'll, I'll come back to this, I'm sure. And then forgetting that it's on because I'm high. Yeah. Or like getting around and doing stuff. Yeah, I find that I, I, it's very easy for me to go overboard on a five ten than much easier than going overboard on a joint. Absolutely, I guess that would be one of the selling points of something like the dosest pens, where it does let you know how much you've had, so that you could decide before you go into your session, like, okay, I'm gonna, I want this much. Yeah. And then it'll tell you when you've had that much. Yeah, it's a good way of creating a consciousness about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just being, just being aware of of, of what you're doing. I often, uh, one of the Anything side effects that you're doing absentmindedly. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's gonna be. It's good to be mindful about everything ah, that you're doing. That's right. And that's right. consuming cannabis included in that. Amen. Well, that's that's great advice from the the Love Is Everywhere podcast host. <laughs> yeah, of course I'm bringing mindfulness <laughs> into this classic me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> So speaking of uh, uh, making decisions, I came to you to be on the podcast and you mm-hmm. were one of the quickest people to come back with a title of a movie and a strain. And I'm really excited to talk about this strain. So can yeah. you can you tell everybody what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. So the strain that we're talking about is Revive from Cove. That's right. Yeah. Um, it, the strain is Lemon Trainwreck, although you won't be able to really find that on the internet because Cove is weirdly private about yeah. what strains these are. But <laughs> I buy it from the medicinal side uh, through Peace Naturals, which owns Cove and Spinach. And, uh, and it's Lemon Trainwreck when you buy it from them. But I see. So is it the same, the exact same it's product? The same. It's just the yep. packaging and the, the marketing. It's exactly the same. Uh, the packaging is just different um, when you buy it through Peace Naturals. They put a little moisture pack in there for you to make you feel fancy. And Cove doesn't do that when you buy it on the rec market. So sometimes Cove stuff can be a little dry, Mm -hmm. but I really want to encourage everybody to not let that dissuade you from buying their products because the flower is really good. Yeah, it's solid. Um, But yeah, Revive, it's a sativa dominant hybrid. Yeah. It's around like 18, 19% most of the time. Yeah. And it's Delicious. I think it's one of the most lemony strains that I have had. Lemony. That's interesting. I yeah. I got a sweetness from it. I didn't. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily. It, there is limonene in it, so I. Yeah. I see where that would be coming from. But for me, the uh, did you get flour or did you get a pre-roll? Flour. So okay. So I got their pre-roll. Um, and mm-hmm. I, the the really overpowering tastes were like peppery and clove and like really like oh, spicy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's like a, a, like the way that I can describe smoking a joint of revive to me is like smoking a glass of lemonade. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I can see that. It's like that like sweet and like sour lemon. Mm-hmm. But I totally get what you mean about the spice. Yeah, it's just spicy. That one. like caryophylline, black pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of quality to it for yeah. sure. Which is but this is just one of my like all-time favorites. Yeah, it's very often in my stash box. <laughs> I keep it in high rotation for sure. <laughs> well, and I think all those tastes are very like 
up like awakening kind of taste too. So the idea, uh, like you were talking about yes. sativas being a big thing for you and wanting to have something that you can have and still get things done. Mm-hmm. And I think all the, the taste profile of these things, all of the tastes kind of combined to like wake somebody up and make them want to go and do something energizing Absolutely. rather than. Uh, it's a uh, very energizing one. And it's, but it's not that like jittery, pure sativa kind yeah. of energy. It has the hybrid quality so that it's a little more mellow. I find it a great strain for getting anything creative done. Yeah. Because it, it mellows you out enough, but it keeps you alert. And it's very, yeah, something about it just really, like, gets the wheels turning. Well, and I think that 18 19%, like, that's, I, I'm starting to, to be able to, for myself anyway, realize that I... I can get more done if the THC percentage is a little bit lower. Like I'm a pretty heavy hitter. And so when I'm going for an Indica and like winding down for the day, I want something 20 plus like 24, 25, Mm -hmm. 27. Like I want those kind of heavy hits. But if I'm doing something where I have to concentrate and be able to (laughs) come back to it after and not go like, why did I waste hours of my time writing this? And it's terrible. Like I I want Mm -hmm. something that's uh, uh, enough to, mellow me out or energize me but not so much that my left brain feels like I can't connect with my right brain at all yeah to me that like 18% range is perfect yeah that it's like for anything that happens before dinner it's eight, 18% or lower <laughs> <laughs> I just I have to keep a rule for myself like no indicas before I've made dinner yeah and nothing above 18% Oh, I'll full on just not have dinner if I have something yeah. before then. Because I'm just too I'm too lazy. I don't want to. Yeah. Or I end up ordering takeout. There but the go. idea of going and chopping things and cooking a meal, uh, that's not going to happen. I but d- I don't get that with something like Revive. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's great. It's it's great to have a, an active one, uh, one that's, uh, yeah, that uh, wakey-uppy and... and uh, uh, yeah. And it's just good to keep things around for different purposes. Yeah, that's like right. Like for me, especially because I, I use it medicinally, I want to have a variety for a variety of purposes. Sure. Right? Like, oh, yeah. this one's really good with nausea. This is really good with pain. This is really good with sleep. Yeah. Do you, so what are the, what are the uh, things that you really want to have some revive around the house for? What kind of activities are you, are you looking for from this? Uh, just general getting stuff done. Like, can I, can I still function in public if I need Mm -hmm. to run an errand? Can I, uh, am I motivated to clean my house and do some dishes and just like general housework, things like that? Not, yeah, during the day, I don't want anything that is going to make me just watch television. I don't. I definitely want something that's going to make me just watch television later. Yeah, yeah. Like, after dinner, I definitely need that because I have a lot of trouble turning off for the night. So I really need to begin that, like, winding down process as soon as dinner is over. Sure. That's awesome. And uh, you said uh, for creative, too. Do you do you use it in your while you're working, like while you're writing or, or doing a podcast or... No, so I, because it get I get that communication block, ah. um, I could have maybe like a puff of dance hall 
in the morning and record yeah. a podcast that day or a pop of dance hall in the morning and do a stand-up show later. Sure. But if I'm consuming anything beyond that, it would more be for creative tasks like sure. writing or like brainstorming. I find it really good for brainstorming. Oh, yeah. When it's like you don't, you're just in the ideas process and you just need to do the like kind of daydreaming, like staring out the window, thinking about stuff. Yeah. That's perfect because it turns off that sort of like sensor part of your brain a- enough that you can just sort of like listen to your ideas and sort of daydream and drift. And that's when I get a lot of the first phases of work done sure. in terms of like comedy writing and stuff like that. But performing is, uh, I wish, yeah. I wish <laughs> that there are comedians I know who will go on stage while smoking a joint, like a one gram joint. Jesus. They'll be smoking a one gram joint on stage. And they do that all the time and it's fine. I'm like, I would, that would be the, a terrible show for me. <laughs> if, <laughs> it would be a terrible, terrible show. I always get yeah. I I get uh, quieter as I get more high. Like I if if oh. I'm smoking something that's really strong, I find that yeah uh, my uh, desire to jump in and be the center of attention like really goes away. And then so people that Definitely. I'm smoking with are like, why are you like judging me right now? I'm like, I'm not. I'm just. No, <laughs> I'm just. just I'm <laughs> <laughs> So I would not be good either performing while I was while I was baked. It's I don't know how people do it. I don't, I don't get it how. either. I, I see people like there's people who smoke like all day, every day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I. And function, do things, are productive yeah. members of society. I'm like, I would never be able to do that in my whole life. I could never do that. I wish I could. Like, if I could heavily medicate myself and feel way less pain and yeah. be out in the world and functioning in that. Yeah. But I can't. Yeah. So I just get these little windows of time where I can afford to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Cove, it, it's it grown in the Okanagan Valley in BC. So BC mm-hmm. weed, holler. Um, at, and the, the three uh, main terpenes that they say is, is beta-caryophylline, which makes sense, humulene, and limonene. Mm-hmm. And the humulene I really like because uh, that has anti-inflammatory uh, properties yeah. and stuff. So I, I, I get migraines, so that's why I have... CBD products and stuff, and so to have something that while I'm smoking and, and getting high for recreational, uh, that I'm also getting some some medicinal benefit from. Yeah, you get relief stuff from caryophylline and from humulene, and humulene is known for a lot of people to curb munchies. Oh, so that's you're in theory less likely to eat your whole refrigerator sure. if you're smoking something that has humulene in it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I watched the movie last night while smoking it, and I didn't really, I didn't make popcorn or yeah. anything. That's so cool. Yeah. God, I'm going to have to find some more humulate stuff. Shit. <laughs> Amazing. Well, is this, uh, so is this a product that you, that you recommend to, to people at the store? Totally. Yeah. I, uh, not all the time because I know that sometimes it's a little dry sure. we don't sell it's maybe that's also just our store like we don't sell a lot of cove yeah um but 
yeah, if somebody's looking for exactly what this is, like at our, at our shop, we the only cove flower that we have at this moment anyway is Rise, which is a different strain that's green craft. Right. Um, which is also great, but Revive we only have in the pre-roll mm -hmm. at the moment, and it's a one gram pre-roll. So, which and a lot, lot of our customers are not in the market for a one gram pre-roll. No. Just, that's just not our our clientele yeah they want smaller joints and packs of multiples and this is just a pack of one really big joint yeah but if somebody's looking for one really big joint or they say like oh i want something creative or i want like a good sativa hybrid i will sell them on this that's awesome um because it's just lovely <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely strain for lovely people who just want to yeah, get some right. shit done yeah Oh, amazing, Tracy. That brings us to the end of our first segment, which means it's time for our first game. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. <laughs> All right. This is a game called In It to Minute. In It to Minute. In It to Minute. That is the game where you, our wonderful guest, have one minute to tell us everything that happens in the movie that we did, which is... National Lampoon's Van Wilder. Van Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited about this. We're looking for a beginning, a middle, and an end, but you only have 60 seconds, so you better get through it fast. Are you ready? I'm ready. 60 seconds on the clock. In it to minute. Tracy Hamilton, go! In it to minute. Okay, so Ryan Reynolds plays Van, a man who has been in college at this community college type thing for seven years. And he's like the king on camp, as everybody knows him. He's a super fun party dude, very, very charming. Um, he uh, has been in school so long that his father decides to stop paying for his school. So Van now has to raise the money to pay for his own tuition. And he does that through hiring strippers to tutor people and, <laughs> and throwing parties for nerdy fraternities. Meanwhile, Tara Reed's character, Gwen, is a, a no-nonsense serious reporter at the school newspaper who is tasked with writing an article seconds. about Van. Her terrible boyfriend tries to sabotage their budding friendship. Um, eventually, they sort of start to fall for each other. And, um, uh, and a dog uh, comes in a bunch of eclairs. <laughs> That's 60 seconds. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stick around because when we come back, we are going to hear about Tracy Hamilton's thoughts on National Lampoon's Van Wilder right here on Let's Bogard. Please come back. Hey, Bots, I'm just interrupting the conversation for a quick second to tell you a little bit about an organization that we here at Let's Bogard think is worth paying attention to. The Indian Residential School Survivor Society is a provincial organization in British Columbia that has a 20-year history of providing services to survivors. They have a counseling team that supports emotional, mental, and spiritual development along with healing and recovery through culturally-based values and guiding principles for survivors, families, and communities. Uh, the Indian Residential School Resolution Health Support Worker Program provides emotional support services to former Indian Residential School students and their families before, during, and after their participation in settlement agreement processes, including the common experience payments and the independent assessment process, and those participating in Truth and Reconciliation Commission events and commemoration activities. Resolution Health Support program services provide safe, confidential, respectful, and non-judgmental information for former Indian residential school students and their families. 
And the Indian Residential School Survivor Society has a team of 17 elders in BC who are qualified to provide guidance at gatherings, ceremonies, and workshops in the following cultural and spiritual activities. Smudging, language, sweat lodges, arts and crafts, longhouse, translating, traditional medicines and therapies, and more. If you want to visit them, you can go to their website at www.irsss.ca. That is irsss.ca. And irsss.ca slash donate to donate to their cause. They're doing a lot of the work that needs to be done right now, and they could use any of our financial support that we can spare. So if you've got a couple of bucks, you're feeling like, what can I do? That's a little something that you can. So visit them, www.irsss.ca slash donate to help them today. Thank you for listening, and now back to the conversation. All right, we're back. Tracy. Yay! <laughs> so you, uh, again, you very quickly, when I said, think of a movie in a strain we're going to do, and you very, very quickly were like, Cove Revive, National Lampoon's Van Wilder. Why yes. Why did you have that so ready to go? Um, well, I knew that I wanted to do Revive as yeah. The Strain. And I was, so I was thinking about Lemon Trainwreck and what would go with that. And I thought that Lemon Trainwreck described Tara Reid so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very apt. That's very apt. Yep. <laughs> um, and Van Wilder is a movie that weirdly holds a very special place in my heart, um, but that I haven't seen in like uh, many years, like yeah. over 15 years. Sure. But this is a movie that I don't think anyone would ever associate with me. And so I thought it was. Would... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I was watching it last night with Kristen and almost not every joke but most jokes she would turn to me and look at me and she's like tracy picked this i was like yeah yeah she wants to do van wilder and kristen's like oh okay she had never seen it before so she was coming to it in 2021 oh my god okay so it does not hold up at all <laughs> not at all i remember not even a little bit no there were like maybe two jokes that were still funny, and the rest of them are absolutely oh, not. Yeah, I do remember one of the jokes that I still thought was funny. What's that? It was um, Van is in his golf cart going for the parking spot that he always steals from Professor McDougal. Yeah, and Professor McDougal is arriving at the spot at the same time, and Professor McDougal revs his engine on his car, and then Van revs the engine on the golf cart, and yeah. that made me laugh really hard. It's just this like. <laughs> Tiny nothing. That made me laugh. Uh, But yeah, none of the jokes hold up. This is this. Back then, it was barely funny, and it was super problematic. Back then, like twenty years ago, when it came out in two thousand and two, I think two thousand two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was like it was a bad movie back then. (laughs) But but I think it just like it came out at the perfect time for me to enjoy it. It like. I was like 13, 14, yeah. and like still in the closet about being bisexual. And this was just the perfect movie. It had Ryan Reynolds. He takes off his shirt, and there's lots of boobs. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, this is great. It's everything and, I uh, want. <laughs> so it, 
I I used to uh, put on a movie to fall asleep every night, uh-huh. and it would be this. It had to be the same movie. Like I had to watch the same movie every night because I, I have terrible insomnia and always have. Mm. And this is a method I found effective was if I put on the exact same thing every night, then my brain just kind of shuts off immediately because it knows what's coming. Sure. And I can close my eyes but still be listening and mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm not like oh, always being like oh, what's happening and opening my eyes. And uh, so the two movies that made it into heavy rotation in the falling asleep was Van Wilder and When Harry Met Sally. Very different movies. Very different movies. (laughs) Very different movies. When Harry Met Sally holds up tremendously in a fantastic film. Uh, Van Wilder, not so much. It's really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Yikes. It's it's not funny. It's really bad. There's so many. It's so sexist and homophobic and transphobic and fatphobic. Ableist and, it's just and ageist. Ableist and, and ageist. <laughs> it's like it's it's every it's every problematic joke squeezed into one movie but you know it's interesting because you say uh uh it 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 wasn't it wasn't okay even back then it does Mm -hmm. feel like in a way that maybe like because it hit huge and it made like big money and it became hugely influential in the like teen college comedy market like every movie that Mm -hmm. came out after american pie seemingly like wanted to be American Pie and then this is the one that sort of twisted it I think and everything wanted to be Van Wilder suddenly and Mm -hmm. the jokes seem to be like they're absolutely aimed at let's make fun of the fat person or the gay person the trans person the old person but it's it's like it's a lot trying to have have your cake and eat it too because while Van Wilder, who was our hero, is making fun of these people. He's also trying to help them out. So it does feel like yes. the writers and the director, like trying to have have both, like, well, we're making fun of these people because it's always fun to laugh at a trans person. But but don't worry, he likes mm-hmm. them too, and he helps out the the swim team with the the fat guy falling in the yeah. belly flop or whatever. So really, it's like really cool. I think it is just, it's Van's character that saves the movie. Yeah. It's, Ryan Reynolds does such a good job. Oh my god, yeah. He's so, he makes this character so likable and charming that you're able to forgive a lot of it. Yeah. Because you like him so much. Yeah. And it's a star-making performance. Like, he had really only done TV before then. He was, like, a Canadian Mm -hmm. trying to make it in Hollywood. And this was his opportunity. And what a a shitty opportunity to be given. (laughs) But he does so much with it. He makes it... He's a star in this movie. Like, he's fully formed Ryan Reynolds. Such a good job. And he's so funny in it. Even though the... I don't enjoy the writing of the movie... I enjoy his performance of the jokes. Yes. So much. Yeah. The uh, okay, there he's not the only good actor. That's true. In the movie. Most most of the actors are terrible yes. cuz especially the women cuz I think that they were they just hired models. They didn't actually hire actors. <laughs> yeah, that was Chris Kristen was saying like every single right? woman looks exactly the same in all of this. Yes. Um and so they did a terrible job casting there, but the guy, I don't know the actor's name, the guy who plays Richard, yeah, like, Tara uh, Reed's 
boyfriend? Daniel Cosgrove. Daniel Cosgrove. He is fantastic yeah, in this movie. He really is, eh? He does such a good job. He's so the opposite of Ryan Reynolds' performance. He's so profoundly unlikable. <laughs> but it's acted so well. Yeah. He's, like, you just hate him so much. That character is just so good. Yeah. And Even the fact that the character's name is Dick Bag. Dick Bag. That's so good. Richard Bag is just Richard one of the Bag. best comedy names maybe ever written in a, in a script. Dick Bag. It's so good. Like, and his sort of um, assistant yeah, at the fraternity, mm-hmm. the um, the girl, she's fantastic. Oh, well. she, she was amazing. Really good job. She seemed like a comedy person in a way that the other females yes. that they had that they they brought were not. on were not at all. It's her and the the uh, older teacher lady were fucking hilarious. Yes. So good. They're so good. <laughs> and that's what it is. This is a movie that I think the people who are really talented are able to elevate it beyond its uh, uh, very <laughs> short aspirations. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, Cal Penn, I think, is that way, too. He takes what is basically just a racist caricature. Yes. And m- holds his own against Ryan Reynolds. Like, he's a he's an yeah. absolute star in this. He's so funny. And none of the jokes he has to make are are good. No, none of them are good. All And it's so racist. <laughs> so, so racist. Uh, oh, every, yeah. every bit of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. From the ground up. Taj Mahal is his name. Like, yeah. right there. <laughs> you yeah. guys got so good with Richard Bag, and then you just really dropped the ball got real lazy and then lazy. he got so lazy there yeah <laughs> but yeah he's so good the daniel crossgrove character the uh, uh the uh the villain he's such a he's mm. so unlikable and i think you're right i think his performance is astounding in that way because he gets the gets the bit and it's like okay we're gonna go to the upteenth degree with it yes. but he's also written like unlike a human being at at yes. all like everything they go, went as far as how do we make him an awful person so that Tara Reid will not want to be with him and will want to be with the hero but then didn't think like oh maybe he should have like real aspirations or like care about anything he's just he's just he, evil and I think he's you, just evil for the sake of being evil he's just a narcissist and I love the uh, okay his character and the jokes that are written for his character. Yeah. I do actually find the writing funny. Sure. For just his character, because the game that they created in the writing for his character was just the the, the character is a med student. Yeah. And so they just were like, okay, let's just go with that then. And so what they did to write his dialogue is just that he throws in a lot of medical jargon. <laughs> into everything that he says. Sure. Right? So, like, he's having sex with Gwen, Tara Reed's character, yeah. and he's just like, I'm releasing my seminal fluids into you <laughs> now! <laughs> like, you know? He's just everything. Everything is, is through the... This, like, biology I language. I love that. That's so but dumb. But he's evil, and so it's just, uh, I don't know, the mixture of that, of just like, okay, evil and biology <laughs> language. 
the game of that writing is so funny. It is very fun. And it is, it's serving a purpose because Van, like Ryan Reynolds does a lot to make Van forgivable, but Mm -hmm. he's still kind of like, he's a, he's a dick and his, his idea of a, a joke is very like low, low hanging fruit. So you have to have somebody worse than him. So that yeah. you can be obvious about, okay, we want the girl to go to the other guy. But to make him that, you have to go that far with him. He's basically a cartoon the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I There was a lot of jokes. Like, <laughs> the jokes like, uh, uh, that's not a bong, it's for my schlong. Do, mm-hmm. Don't hold up. But I'll tell no. you, the jokes that really got me, there was two of them. And they were both obviously like like punch-up jokes written for people off screen to say while mm-hmm. the situation is going on. And the first one, Oh yeah, like uh, things from the from the crowd but in the background yeah. noise. There's great jokes. There's the really great jokes. The one that, What the, are the ones that you The two you? that I loved were the, when the the guy is uh trying to commit suicide and Van mm-hmm. shows up up there and he's naked from the waist down. There's just a person in the crowd in in between what they're saying who just goes, "Hey, I know that guy." Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Really, like, casual. Like, oh, I recognize that guy. It was very, very funny. And the second one uh, was during the um, the dog semen uh, eclairs scene. Uh, oh, the... I think I've had these before. Yeah! I fucking love that. That was such a good joke. <laughs> and again, no one's saying it. It's just happening off screen. <laughs> oh, man. The, the punch-up writers uh, deserve a raise on this movie because that was that Yeah, was they did excellent. a really good job. <laughs> oh. So I, I want to talk about Tara Reid because she's not very good. Um, she's, she, she's not given anything to do. Like, really, she's, she's no. told she's like a hard-boiled journalist, but who's writing for the, like, the college paper? Like, what does it matter? Uh, but also, she doesn't have any real wants or desires other than choosing which boy to be with. Um, yes. And her acting, because I was like, she, she'd come out of American Pie. She's the it girl in Hollywood, one of the it girls in Hollywood right now in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of now she's been in Sharknado and she's, she, her, her career has taken a, a serious dive and she's acting in stuff that I think that more appreciates what she yeah. can bring to the table. But yes. <laughs> when, I, I don't know if you feel this in film, but I, for acting in film, I, I, I'm constantly hearing like, d- don't do anything. Like, know that yeah, yourself is enough. Yeah, do less. Like, just mm-hmm. have less. Have the thoughts happen, but don't do anything. And yeah. as a theater actor, I, I get scared of that because I figure that my performance then will look like what Tara Reid is doing in this entire movie. Yeah, I totally get that because I come from a theater background too. Sure. And so I'm used to that big exaggerating, overacting stuff. And then you have to really work to tone that down when you're on film because film will catch every little expression that you make. So it's very, very different. Um, But... No one, no one is Tara Reid. No one's doing what Tara Reid's doing. Because Ryan Reynolds is small in this. He's not, he's Mm -hmm. not, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's, he's subtle. 
And like a lot of his humor comes from like things he does with his eyebrows. Sure. Like just a little move of his eyebrows or like little subtleties or a choosing to pause yeah, yeah. at certain points. Saying the a line and then speaking. Like using his eyes to like go over what he just said and deciding that it's great yes. and then keeping on going. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Tara Reed, it has never been known as being a, a fabulous actress. No. The best role I think she has ever done uh, was she did a role on Scrubs. Oh, I never watched Scrubs. She did a role on Scrubs sure. where she played someone who was dating JD, Zach Braff's yeah. character. And they had her on for a few episodes and then her character went away and then her character came back. And when her character came back, they had rewritten the character a bit to be more of a caricature of Tara Reid. Mm -hmm. And it was excellent. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> like they just had her be kind of like kind of a skis bag and like <laughs> and like party girl sort of vibe and they just they wrote it about Tara Reed for Tara Reed yeah. and it, it worked perfectly but I think that they could have done a re it would have been a really different character had they chosen somebody who fit the description of her character at the beginning more mm -hmm. that like She's serious and studious and the opposite of Van in every way. Instead of casting somebody who it's like, yeah, this person would totally be at one of Van's parties. Sure. And, like, is indistinguishable from all of the other women in this film. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it would have made more sense if it had been more of a kind of, like, straight-laced... So, so that we could have a little more, uh, like, Sandy and Grease moment. Sure. You know? Well, and I would want her to, rather than, like, she cares about the, like, her character is written to um, receive pressure from her boss who works there, who, mm -hmm. who keeps telling her, you've got to get this done. And she's like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, but you have to, so you get the front page. And she's like, okay. Yeah. I would much, I, I, I wish that she cared more about the things that she was doing doing like if she cared yeah. about what she was writing about and was actually curious about van or like mm -hmm. wanting to expose him as something or like she doesn't have any strong motivation for doing anything that she's doing you're right other than she's been told by her boss by a man to do it. yeah 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 but that's it if it yeah if it had been like okay i'll write about van but i'm gonna like, do this other thing. I've like, got my own designs on what this is going to be about. Yeah. Then it could have been different. We can't have a situation like we last sort year. Sort of, sort of have her get invested in this, the journalism of it at the end with like the final article that she writes about him. Yeah. But, where it is more like a gen a genuine interest in him as a person, sure. I guess. But yeah, it would have been nice if like. I don't know, she got something or that benefited her in some way. Or, or she had to make a choice at any point in the movie. Or she had to make movie. a choice at any point <laughs> yeah. or 
had any kind of wants or <laughs> desires or obstacles or like <laughs> any of like the basic ingredients of a character. But that's that would have been great. But maybe that was there, and Tara Reid's performance just kept us. From maybe, <laughs> maybe we have all this great stuff written for her. But have you seen the dailies from the last week? Yeah. We're gonna need to start chopping. And exactly, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that the rest of the writing. Uh, gives me any indication that they no, were able to do that. not in particular, no. And I thought that the character of Van Wilder is sort of an interesting one. And I liked that they were, at some point, they were trying to find situations to put him in where they could put his feet to the fire so that they could explore what made this character the way that he mm-hmm. was. But then they would chop themselves off at the knees because they like they, they have the boyfriend, the, the weird like bo- boyfriends inviting him to Gwen's parents' house to meet the parents or whatever. Yeah. Super weird setup, not explained. Well, why does anyone do any of the things that they do in the scene? Who knows? Yep. But now that he's there, um, he gets to be interrogated by the adults. And I'm like, that's a great opportunity right there to find out what makes our protagonist tick and maybe even like plant the seed of doubt in his head about what he's doing and how he's doing it. Uh, They could have used that scene so differently to serve the actual story. And instead, it just became another example of how charming he is. Like really the only thing that happened was... Uh, Gwen and Richard leave the room for a little while, and when they come back in the room, he's got the adults all doing the body adults shots. doing tequila shots <laughs> yeah. off of each other and <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's just another example of he's really charming and he can win anyone over. Yeah. But they they could have still done that, but in the before scene when they're in the living room together and they're not really enjoying him yet. Yeah. They could have done exactly what you said, and they could have had him start to sort of reorganize his thoughts about his life choices. And sure. And have his his intellect and his charm met with equal intellect? Like, that's the thing. That yeah. He's always the smartest, uh, most uh, 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 charming person in the room, and so his... Yeah, but everybody else sucks so bad that's that it's thing. like... It's not a challenge for him. <laughs> it's not a challenge. No. To be the smartest person in the room at Coolidge College. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And the other time that I thought was an interesting opportunity that they really shit the bed with was when they brought him before the, the tribunal or whatever about the, the underage drinking. And mm-hmm. the solution that he comes up with, this genius who we've been told is the smartest guy in the world, his argument for why he shouldn't get expelled for allowing underage drinking at one of his parties is that, well, why don't you punish me by letting me graduate? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, that, right? another opportunity you have him in like a court basically like have him have him actually come up with a solution to this problem also okay so he's doing this tribunal in front of this board yeah of officials from the university. Why is Dick Bag on that board? Maybe like I, uh, I mean, like, like a student he, representative a, on on the board or whatever. Like t- why? Who knows? He was also like at the party. <laughs> Doesn't like, that make him culpable in any way? Shape, yeah, if Van is. Like, why? And I don't understand why they didn't investigate where these children came from more. No kidding. That like 
they literally drove off in a bus that said future leaders of America. <laughs> like it had their group name of the organization that they came from on the bus and they all puked out the side of it. Yeah. It should have been clearly traceable back to, <laughs> to the fraternity. <laughs> and yeah, the whole thing. But like, yeah, why was he on the board? Yeah. I was like, why is he going to vote about whether that fan stays in school or not? <laughs> Yeah, just to have another dissenting, someone to argue with them about it. But then they get to... Also, how... Oh, I was just going to say, how is this movie only 14A? Well, that's the thing. It's R in in America with the MPAA, but that's probably only for the the F-words. I'm like, Canada really doesn't care about anything hey no kids can watch like literally in the the first four minutes of this movie uh, a student jumps off of the building yeah to commit suicide he happens to be caught by a net sure um but he doesn't know he thinks he's killing himself and like the amount of things that happened in this movie that i'm like how how could you go to this movie at 14 the first joke is the is the seamstress uh, uh, giving him a blowjob and then realizing, <laughs> yeah. no, she's just measuring him for pants. But I'm like, yeah. what a weird fucking joke to, like, start this movie off to with. To open the movie. <laughs> oh, and she's like, well, I, I know she's a little old, but she she's the best at it. And she's just had at a these quick jobs. Oh, gross. Gross. <laughs> but they did, they, they, they brought in, um, they brought in uh, uh, Paul Gleason as the professor, which I thought was really mm-hmm. cool to see him back from uh, 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 what's it, uh, 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 Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day mm-hmm. Off. So they're really trying to be like we have some we we don't have stars in the in the lead roles here, but we've got Tara Reid yeah. from the American Pie movies, and we've got some people that you'll recognize from the old '80s stuff. I thought it was fun mm-hmm. to give him that job. It sucks that it's the only job that he tends to be given is the like the shitty Isn't yeah stern teacher well mm-hmm. teacher and and he he plays a cop in die hard but for the exact same oh. reason like somebody to be like oh this person in authority is no good yeah so i did like the twist of him at the end being like oh i believed in you the whole time it's just it's sort of cheap everything in this movie is kind of cheap it's hard to celebrate it's really cheap yeah it's really cheap. If it were an article of clothing, it'd fall apart right away. It's uh, this is not a carefully constructed garment no. of a film. No, no, at all. No, um, no, it's really bad. Yeah, it's really, really bad. If I didn't have the attachment to it from like early teen years, the nostalgia, yeah. Yeah, like, I can only imagine what Kristen thought watching this <laughs> for the first time in 2021. Yeah, she's like, it didn't um, hold up. Yeah, man. it was not even a little bit. Wow. Ryan Reynolds is still hilarious. He really is. He is very funny. And he, he does a really good job. He was embarrassed, apparently. He He has only ever seen a rough cut of the movie before it came out, and never since. Yeah. And I can imagine, like, being the kind yeah. of guy that he is, like, Kristen was like, well, it's the same thing as Deadpool, but Deadpool's humor is directed at a completely different thing. There's there's rarely victims, yes. and if there are victims, he's punching up. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's a very different comedic 
instinct, I think. Even though the performance Yeah, is I can only imagine amazing. what it would be like to have been the star of this film and then <laughs> look back. But it launched a career, right? Like, people saw this movie yeah. and were like, we've got to get this Van Wilder guy in our movies. Which it served is, a purpose. Yeah. It, yeah, he really did stand out in that movie and everyone was sort of like, where did this guy come from? Yeah. Because he does do such a good job. And I think, like, no one can watch that movie and not be aware that it's terrible. That's right. right. Like, yeah, yeah, I have to. You I know to what he's working with. Yeah. And you're extra impressed because the material is such garbage. Yeah. And he manages to do so much with it. That's right. I loved seeing uh, Aaron Paul in a in a, a, a really I know small it has role. wasted a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> I was like, oh man, he's just kicking around waiting yeah, for Breaking Bad. Yeah, he's got two lines. Yep. <laughs> he's got two lines, and uh, yeah, he he nails it. It's it's just so nice to see somebody who made it so big doing one of those little like one line nothing yeah. roles that you know that at the time they were probably like yes I'm in a movie I got two <laughs> days like, on a fucking motion yeah, picture I'm set for this month super excited about it <laughs> and then like years later he's Aaron Paul yeah fuck man that's so <laughs> cool watching um, an episode of Inside the Actors Studio like a long, uh -huh. long time ago and they go to questions from the students and Bradley Cooper Ask, like asks a question and he's so nervous and I'm like hey <laughs> look at you and there's like Sean Penn being like oh yeah okay and he's like thank you yeah. so much Mr. Penn <laughs> exactly exactly <gasps> oh that's so good you know you know what else I loved about reading about this movie was that I had no idea I like I I've seen the movie when I was a kid and it was really influential. All my friends were quoting mm -hmm. it and everything, but I haven't really revisited it since. And the movie is based on a Rolling Stone article called The Undergraduate, which is about the oh. college exploits of Burt Kreischer. Ah, uh, I didn't know that. Isn't that insane? So the character of Van Wilder is sort of based on Burt Kreischer? Yeah. My God, that's so funny. He spent that long in, in college and uh, was, was the party guy and whatever. And so that they <laughs> wrote this movie about him, about this, uh, using this article as a basis. That's so funny. Isn't that funny? I had no idea. Could you imagine Burt Kreischer going to this movie and being like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is playing me. That's pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> 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 oh, man, that's awesome. So yeah, I would not. Uh, uh, this this yeah, this movie's a hard one to revisit. It's a yeah, like would not recommend. Mm -hmm. um, in but it but it is uh, what I will say. The redeeming thing of this, and this is even what I found about it back then. Sure. Because that was never my style of humor. Sure. Like, even at thirteen, fourteen, like yeah. that wasn't what I was drawn to. Mm. Um, but it this movie does do a good job of being so bad that <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, because it, it crosses the line into being a bad movie so far yeah, yeah, yeah. that it becomes sort of fun to watch again. If you're watching it with someone else and can rip it apart yeah. and stuff and, like, make fun of it and enjoy it that way, it is a 
terrible movie. Um, <laughs> but also a really, cool experiment to see really bad. all of these like big <laughs> Hollywood stars who, in retrospect, were working with material that was beneath them and making yeah. some of it sing. Like the the coolest scene I thought rewatching it this time was watching the the fuck you Van Wilder scene with with Cal Penn and Ryan yeah. Reynolds because even though what they're saying is sort of nonsense and it doesn't really matter they both mm-hmm. as actors decided to play it for real with stakes and they're yeah. really yelling at each other and really taking it to heart and I'm like that's not on the page yeah, and you that's... see a totally different side of the Van character like yeah. he hasn't let the the guard down like the the guard down at all and then this is him truly vulnerable truly at the end of his rope um and you're right they both play it so sincerely yeah even though the actual dialogue that they're working with is, is silly ridiculous and, yeah 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 and just the they classic. really do play it very genuine and from the heart yeah and to see this guy who worships this other guy, like, really go after him and mm-hmm. tell him what's what for the first time. It's, it, it's, yeah. it was really cool to watch them elevate that scene. Because I think it's, it's I, really good work from both of them. Can I ask a silly question? Yeah, hit me. Okay. Okay, so there were many plot holes in yes. this movie. Um, <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> so many. So many. But the one that bothers me the most is um okay so the the girl Naomi uh-huh. who uh Taj almost sleeps with yeah they they date for like a little bit yeah and then they're going to have sex but then because of a massage oil slash scented candle accident Taj ends up accidentally catching fire and having to jump out the window of this like third floor room into a fountain below. Yeah. And then we never see Naomi again. Yeah. Did she break up with him for that? Well, this that's is heartless. This is the thing that we talked about, me and Kristen, we, because we were trying to figure out why would that be? Like, if she liked him, like, there's no reason that yeah. setting himself on fire, she was fine with him, like, spraying a bunch like, of massage oil and, like, like slapping yeah, and her like back a little bit. Yeah, and, like, being a weirdo and stuff. Sure, and, like, what a charming himself. little like, guy. Yeah. So why would she would she just not why would that be like a failure on his care? part? And even like, like the first time they meet at the roller rink, yeah. They they do go into one of those spins where they're holding hands and he like gets really dizzy and then he goes flying and like <laughs> flies over a barrier. And she still wants to sleep so, with so him so after that. And she and that was the first time they met and then she keeps going out with him after that. Like she's into him, clearly. Yeah. So why does she disappear after he catches fire? <laughs> well and why I Why isn't think... she there to support him and, and put <laughs> ointment on his wounds? <laughs> and I think the reason for that is because you have male writers who look at uh female uh female sexual partners as conquests. So if yes. this guy is is about to reach the final goal and he's going to get the prize, which is this person's love and affection, mm-hmm. uh, then if he fucks it up, then he loses that. Rather than yes. understand that a person might understand, like, hey, we were using a lot of oils and maybe the oils and the candles. Yeah, were, and that like, was a, a terrible, unfortunate accident I'm and a, so re- and a and terrible, terrible thing that happened. Yeah, I'm going to stick around and help you out. Instead, she's just gone <laughs> because she served she her, just, her purpose in the, in the story of the male characters that we're telling. 
And then to wrap it up at the end, they bring in another, a girl who is just <sighs> recently transferred from India. Oh, the perfect girl for him. Oh my God. Because that must be the perfect girl for him. We know Yikes. nothing about her other than that she's from India. And she knows nothing but about also, him, but is just she like. She knows nothing about him. <laughs> she doesn't have an accent. Yeah. Yeah. They make him do this terrible racist accent uh -huh. for the entire film, and then she doesn't even have an accent. Yikes. And we know nothing about her to make us think that they'd be compatible. But even, like, that first conversation, very quietly as he's pulling someone over to meet her at one point, he goes, come meet my girlfriend. Van's dad. He's, like, introducing yeah. her to the parents, ostensibly. I'm like, yeah. you just met this girl. You just met. Go get her a drink or something. I have no faith that this works out. <laughs> no, <laughs> not whatsoever. At least with Naomi, I was like, I was like, touched that she's into him. Yeah. I was like, you can see that like she is into him. Yeah, she finds him and funny and charming. And she finds him funny and charming, and she's enjoying him. Yeah. I know nothing about this girl. Other than yeah. Van was the one who was like, go sleep with him. And she's like, okay. I'm like, oh, yeah. no. He's a bit of a pimp. <laughs> I'm like, that's sort of gross. <laughs> He's low-key a pimp. Low-key pimping. Is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tracy. Well, that brings us to the end of our second segment, which means it's time for yet another game. Are you ready? Yes. All right. This is an opinion-based uh, uh, questionnaire. It is called okay. Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. And that's where I ask you a bunch of questions. You just tell me your opinion on them. Okay. All right. So n question number one, are you a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, or a hybrid or dibrid? I'm a sativa diva. Yeah. Uh, your favorite movie featuring cannabis. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Nice. Oh, we haven't had that one yet. That's exciting. Uh, fictional or real person you would most want to smoke with? Van Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> he, does he ever, he doesn't ever, the other guys uh, use the bomb. He doesn't partake, bomb. his roommate does. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Yeah. But uh, Ryan Reynolds recently just ordered some of the, the Houseplant US uh, stuff from Seth Rogen's company, so... Ah, that's pretty cool. To yeah, know I think I think that Ryan Reynolds would be a really fun person to smoke with. I think so too. I think he'd be super funny and super fast. He'd be super funny, really entertaining, and non-judgmental. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Oh, good Canadian boys. All right, uh, fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke? Oh God, that's really hard because I'd love to go to very like a bunch of different kinds of fictional places, but yeah. I feel like I'd be too freaked out to smoke there. If I were also smoking there. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'll pick, um, the, the poppy fields in the wizard of Oz. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. That'd be pretty relaxing. Looking out at the far off Emerald city. Yeah. And just oh, we'll get there flowers. eventually. It's so green, man. Yeah. It's so green. It's so green. <laughs> A uh, movie that would be uh, improved if only the characters were smoking cannabis. Snakes on a plane. <laughs> yeah, man. If Samuel Jackson's just low key hitting a blunt every time, <laughs> I don't want to. Do it would. It would. Snakes. Everything about it. It would raise the stakes a little more. Yeah. It would make everything a little more challenging. Yeah. 
You know, it would snakes on a plane. It would maybe make it more fun for everybody if the snakes themselves were the ones smoking, because then the snakes might this chill the true. fuck out for a second. You're right. Not try to kill everybody and bite their faces. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, and can you make the sound of your favorite cannabis consumption method? Is it good? It was so great. Do you have a name for your bong? Uh, okay, so I don't have a bong right now, but it is my favorite method of consumption. Oh, I see. Gotcha. But gotcha. I don't, I don't have one right now. I, I can't smoke inside at my place, sure. and I feel weird bringing out a band's <laughs> bong <laughs> in front of all of my neighbors. It just, it's not as discreet. Yeah. As I'd like. But it is my favorite, and I I am still in mourning for my favorite one from years oh, ago. Oh, what was your favorite no. one? Oh, it was just so beautiful. It was like this sort of like mustard yellow and blue swirls. It was the perfect size. It was like the perfect grip. It was just, it was beautiful. She didn't have a name, but she was gorgeous. I had one in college uh, that was named Mother of God. And it was so, <laughs> it was so beautiful. It was like marble, kind of like glass painting. It looked like, yeah, it looked like a, a stone pillar. It was gorgeous. I miss it. I miss yeah. that bong every day. No. All right. Wherever they are, I hope they're together. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sitting up there in bong heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Smoking a blunt. Amazing. Well, stick around because when we come back, we're going to find out what me and Tracy uh, either puff or pass on Van Wilder and Cove Revive. Stick around. And now it's time for a segment called What Does My Mom Think? Where I ask my mom, Joan Williston, what she thinks about all this shit. Hi, Mom. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing? How's it? Good. How are you today? Need to do it. You did. You're oh. One of these days, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get to how are you before you. You're ready to go nowadays. So, what did you? Uh, what have you gotten up to today? Oh, we've been out for a bike ride in the wind and had breakfast and yeah, not too much. COVID's just laid back and relaxed and do whatever you want. Except yeah, don't hug your grandkids. That's right. That's the that worst part. Or my kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better not let yeah, we miss it too. your sister hear me say, I want to hug my grandkids without saying I want to hug my kids. <laughs> Uh-oh. Getting in trouble. Yep. <laughs> Williston family drama. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, this, the movie that we watched uh, uh, this episode was called National Lampoon's Van Wilder. Have you ever heard of that movie? Uh, I think I've heard it, but I just dismissed oh. it from my mind. That's probably that's that's probably accurate. <laughs> Honestly, this is not one that I would encourage you to watch. Being my mother, none of, um, none of the movies you watch are what you would encourage me. Well, occasionally you come up with a good suggestion for us to watch. Once in a while, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like a there's like in the Venn diagram between your movie interests and my movie interests, there's a, a very slim sliver there that crosses over. <laughs> but when we find them, oh, that's gold, boy. That's gold. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you uh, uh, National Lampoons? Does that um, do you know anything about National Lampoon? No, nothing. No. no. Okay. They did like like Christmas uh, Chevy Chase's Christmas Vacation and 
Oh, that okay. wasn't really big in our household growing up. No, fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, we, uh, it was a comedy that was released in 2002. It launched Ryan Reynolds. I don't know if you know that actor. Yes, He's a Canadian guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was it. Was his first big like Hollywood oh, role okay. that sort of launched his career. Into mm, okay. Um, and he uh uh. Uh, it, also in 2002, they released the remake of uh, Ocean's Eleven with George Clooney and Brad Pitt and Matt Damon and uh, uh, Julia Ro- Julia Roberts. Yeah, right. I'm Again. not sure. No, somebody else. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're gonna do a little game called "Is It This or That?" And that's the game where I tell you stuff that happened in the parent guide in both Van Wilder or in Ocean's Eleven, and you have to decide which movie it was. Do you mm. know Ocean's Eleven? Like it's uh, the heist movie? Yes. Yeah, I've seen it, but a long time ago, so yeah, I yeah. wouldn't uh, remember the details of it. Fair enough. Well, that puts you on equal footing with both. Yes. All right, so it's a time for this and that. Are you ready for the game, Mom? Okay, Daniel. (laughs) All right. So in the parent's guide to one of these movies, a man's buttocks are shown during the naked mile run. Did that happen in Van Wilder or Ocean's Eleven? Van Wilder. It was Van Wilder. (laughs) (laughs) You got it, Mom. (laughs) All right, uh, how about um, Basher holds his genital area as he activates the EMP? Is that Van Wilder or Ocean's Eleven? Van Wilder. It's not Van Wilder. Nope, nope. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It was Ocean's Eleven. How about um, a bulldog's testicles are the focus of some scenes? Van Wilder or Ocean's Eleven? Van Wilder. It was Van Wilder. That's right. Sixty-six <laughs> okay, percent. Yeah, you're doing you're doing great. Um, a stripper in a revealing fishnet nurse's dress performs a lap dance, and a picture of a woman covering her breasts with her hands is seen. You see the picture for three seconds. That happened in Ocean's Eleven or Van Wilder. Oh, I have no idea. Ocean's Eleven. It was Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> You're doing great. 75%. <laughs> oh, the math is going to get real tough for me going forward. Uh, oh, yeah. How, about- how many fingers do you have? <laughs> yeah, not that many. Uh, a naked female breast uh, is shown at least three times. Is that Van Wilder or Ocean's Eleven? Ocean's Eleven. It was not. Oh. It was Van Wilder. Oh, okay. Yeah. How about uh, uh, in one scene, a man enters a room and punches Daniel in the face? No blood or anything explicit. Daniel, don't let anybody punch you in the face. I'll come and deal with them. Oh, mom's going to be my bodyguard. (laughs) Right. You better watch out. You're coming for Daniel Williston. You're going to get a fistful of Joan Williston. That's right. Um, Oh, I don't know who Daniel is in either one. Uh, Which one did Daniel play in? (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay ocean's 11 it was ocean's 11 danny ocean is the uh, the main character yeah well then call him danny not daniel (laughs) well i had to i had to be obfuscating and i'm quoting exactly what the parents are saying this is the parents guy it's not my fault (laughs) okay this is a whole bunch of parents that are writing down these things they're getting all the details wrong mom (laughs) gosh Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Well, it looks like you've already won, but just for fun, uh, young men visit a strip club where women wear furry bikinis and one woman dances on stage. Did that happen at Van Wilder or Ocean's Eleven? Ocean's Eleven? It wasn't. It was Van Wilder. Ah. But you still win. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have by the end of this podcast you are going to have the strangest in for m- the movies that we feature on this than maybe anybody because you'll be like people will be like hey did you ever see van wilder you'll be like no 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 but was it the one with the girl who danced with the furry bikini on the and they'll be like yeah how did you know and you'll be like oh i just pick up on these things you know pop culture <laughs> Right. Daniel, I won't even remember the questions you asked me and which two (laughs) movies I was choosing from. This is a crap game. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) If you were to... Okay, so I've got you on my podcast, Mm -hmm. and I get to ask you silly questions about movies and and, uh, cannabis. Yes, you do. But if, (laughs) if, if you had me on your podcast... And you got to talk to me about whatever your interest were, whether or not I was interested in it or not. What would it be? Oh, uh, the first thing that comes to mind, Dad and I watched an hour and a half presentation last night on euthanasia in Canada. And uh, just the insights into the value of life and the worthwhileness of each person, the dignity uh, and respect and and ability medical abilities to control pain and help people through the process of living and dying and entering the next life so wow that would be an interesting conversation because there's multiple factors and um yeah it was a really good uh, the guy was a moral theologian from uh, u of t uh, mm. one of the colleges at university of toronto uh, Beckman, uh, John Beckman, I think his name was. It was yeah. very interesting to hear someone who's steeped in the issue and knows the mm-hmm. implications of the wording and just, uh, yeah, just how society has changed over years. Mm. I'll tell you, uh, 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 Pa- uh, people's pain and uh, uh, human dignity and uh, 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 having to make uh, big moral decisions seems to be something that is uh, uh, in the, the zeitgeist right now. People are talking about, uh, uh, yeah, having to stay home and, and uh, the, the things around the coronavirus pandemic and how it has uh affected each of us and and you know other things that are going on in the world if somebody is struggling with dealing with their own pain dealing with their own um struggles that they that they have in their life uh is there something that you could offer them in in terms of uh, advice or something to focus on or something that uh, has brought you um, clarity or comfort in, in, in this difficult time? Hmm. Just that uh, life is a gift. Uh, every person is valued and worthwhile, no matter their circumstance or where they came from. 
They should be supported, encouraged, and loved, and accepted, and included in all that life has to offer. And I do whatever I can in my corner of the world to uh, reach out to others and help them to get through whatever they just companionship, friendship, family support uh, helps people get through a myriad of issues, mm-hmm. knowing they're not alone and somebody's with them. Well, I'll tell you what, the Venn diagram for you and me on that is pretty large. Mm. More than the sliver of our, our, our movie <laughs> tastes, anyway. Mm-hmm. A lot of crossover there. Mm-hmm. All right, Mom. Well, can you thank my listeners for tuning in today? Well, thanks once again for joining us for this podcast. Hope to see you next time. <laughs> thanks, Mom. All right, Tracy. This is the the end of it. So, do you puff or pass on Van Wilder? Puff or pass? Hard pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hard, hard pass. <laughs> it was a, it was an interesting one to go back to. I I I enjoyed doing it for this show. I don't know that if I had just chosen to watch it on a night that uh, I would ever be forgiven. No, that's. Why I haven't seen it in 15 years, you know, <laughs> just I know I've known. It's not like I've been like, oh, I wonder if Van Wilder holds up. It's Are not one of those. On it's Van like, Wilder? I have no yeah. doubt that it doesn't. <laughs> I have no doubt that that movie does not hold up at all. <laughs> yeah. 2021 is not not the, the time to be first exploring uh, uh, National no. Lampoon's Van Wilder. If you haven't seen it, don't bother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So if. Um, somebody was uh, had a Cove Revive and they were all ready to watch Van Wilder and they're listening right now and they're like, oh, well, that sounds like a terrible movie. I'm not going to fucking watch that. What should they watch instead to pair along with Cove Revive? You go with my other uh, Falling Asleep movie you could watch When Harry Met Sally. Sally. Which is a fantastic film which 100% absolutely holds up and is so good. Yeah. And will always be so good. (laughs) Yeah. I love When Harry Met Sally. I would love to do that one. It's a fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. I haven't done any, um, uh, 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 what's, uh, uh, um, Rob Reiner. I haven't done any Rob Reiner movies yet, and I, I would love to sometime to like. He's got a string of a bunch of them that are all so different from each other, and all so mm-hmm. great, like Spinal Tap and this one, and Princess Bride, and fucking yep. uh, 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 what uh, uh, a few good men. So good and Incredible. such range. Yeah, like such different films from each other, but yeah. so high quality, all of them. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, when Harry met Sally, that's a great. I, I, I highly, I, I double that. I highly recommend everyone go check out when Harry met Sally. It's a really, really good one. Because Very you fell asleep to it, can you go back and watch it and still enjoy it, or is it so rote in your mind that you? No, it's it's one of those ones that like I can definitely still watch and enjoy, even though I know like every line of that movie. <laughs> Like, I will catch myself mouthing along with uh-huh. the words sometimes. If I'm watching <laughs> But it's so good. I still thoroughly enjoy it. I enjoy it so much. 
I find I find that too with actually Princess Bride. I I know that one nearly mm. off by heart, and I'm constantly just talking along with it. But I still can get wrapped up in it and enjoy myself. For sure. Well, time. it's like some uh, if a movie depends or any kind of story depends on you not having certain information until you do sure or things like that those ones are hard to rewatch many times over yeah because the you've already learned the thing that changes the way that you watch the beginning of it or stuff like that but when harry met sally is just such a great exploration of these two really well-written characters and their relationship with each other and friendship and all all of these things that it's sort of like listening to a song you've heard a million times sure you know like you still like the song yeah even if you can hum along to the chorus you're still enjoying listening yeah. to it yeah yeah i love that oh amazing well tracy thank you so so much for being on the show where can people you find you and what should they be paying attention to yeah, uh, people can find me on social media at, at Hamiltrace, and they can check out my podcast, Love is Everywhere, uh, which is available wherever you get in your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Um, yeah, that's about it's, it. It's a fantastic show. I really, I'm Thanks. really enjoying listening to it. I think everyone who's listening to Let's Bogart would enjoy it too. So, yeah, go check it out. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. All right, well, thanks so much for being on the show, buddy. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. Well, buds, that's it. That is the show for another day. <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Um, uh, you can follow uh, uh, my guest, Tracy Hamilton, at Hamiltrace, H-A-M-I-L-T-R-A-C-E, at Hamiltrace, H-A-M-I-L-T-R-A-C-E, on Instagram to follow all of her exploits. You should definitely check out Love is Everywhere podcast. It is so good. It'll make you think about all the things that you, you think about in the day and how they affect your own mental health and your own feelings about yourself and the world around you. It's, uh, it's, it's very cool. So check it out. It's, very, it's a lot of fun. Um, you can follow uh, the person who did all the music for the podcast, JJ Thompson at JJ and His Dog on Instagram. Uh, his his uh, not Tom Hardy stuff is coming out, and it sounds friggin' sweet. I'm super excited about it. JJ and the Pillars have a couple of great albums out. If you haven't checked them out on Spotify, you should. Great summer music. Uh, you can follow my mom nowhere because she is not online, but you can follow the podcast at Let's Bogart on both Twitter and Instagram, uh, www.danielwilliston.com slash let's-bogart if you want to visit us on the website. And uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rate and review. It really helps us keep the lights on here. It's, uh, it's you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of time putting into this. <laughs> doing this podcast stuff and, and getting the strains and getting the movies and everything, there's a cost to it. So uh, uh, if you want to be able to help uh, for free, <laughs> uh, that would be excellent. 
Uh, so yeah, leave us a rate and review. Tell us what you think, even if you don't like it. Just uh, just throw it up there so that I can I can adjust, see what people are actually responding to and what they're not, and where I should be focusing my concentration. Because at the end of the day, though I'm doing this for me, I am also doing this for you, and I'm aware of that. A lot of the people listening are my friends. A lot of the people listening are people I've never met before. And the only way I can know what uh, what it is you're looking for is if you let me know. So rate and review on Apple. That would be so great. Give us a follow. Throw us a, a, a message if you want to chat. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for listening for this long. We've been doing these episodes for a while now and uh we're coming up on the end of season one the end of season one is in sight we're going to be taking a little bit of a a mini break uh to enjoy some of these summer vibes and uh allow some people some time to to catch up on the back catalog so if you uh if you haven't listened to a few episodes uh you there'll be some time for you to to go check them out they're pretty fun watch some movies smoke some weed and maybe we can even be smoking weed together in park soon living in toronto and staying at home watching bo burnham's inside over and over again (laughs) uh it it has been has you know there's good things and bad things about it but i'll tell you i'm looking forward to seeing people's faces so can't wait to see your face hope you're well Oh, that's my mom ready to record, so I'm going to go and record the bit for this uh, episode. (laughs) Got some questions. It's going to be fun. Uh, So, yeah, thank you for tuning in, and uh, definitely tune in next week on Thursday when we bogart once more. It served a purpose, because, yeah, he really did stand out in that movie, and everyone was sort of like, where did this guy come from? Because he does do such a good job. And I think, like, no one can watch that movie and not be aware that it's terrible, right? Like, you know what he's working with, and you're extra impressed because the material is such garbage, and he manages to do so much with it. 